Welcome to Disrupted Asia, Shaping the Future of Work, a podcast series by FES in Asia. In this episode, we will talk about Mongolia's challenges and successes in fighting the COVID-19 pandemic and take a closer look at the digitalization of Mongolia's social security system, as well as the future of Mongolian women in the workforce. To talk about these issues, we have with us Ms. Aryan Zaya Ayush. Mongolia's Minister of Labour and Social Protection. She previously held the position of chairwoman of the National Statistical Office and is one of the leading figures in Mongolia's digitalization efforts. Welcome, Arion Zaya, to our podcast, Disrupted Asia, Shaping the Future of Work. Thank you for having me on your podcast. The situation isn't easy right now. And while Mongolia has dealt a little bit better than most countries in the region with this pandemic, we see rising numbers of local transmissions. Could you describe to us and our listeners what the main challenges are right now? The whole year of uh, 2020, Mongolia didn't have any local transmissions. We had strict measures uh, like closing borders, not sending and not receiving anyone. Um, uh, everybody was uh, wearing a, a face mask. Uh, everybody was uh, keen uh, sanitizing uh, their hands. And, and since three months, we are having uh, local transmissions. Um, and now is this, the, the situation is uh, quite serious, but uh, we, um, we are having vaccination running uh, pretty good. And uh, just recently, we have had um, a strict lockdown around uh, almost one month. But during uh, this um, period, the government of Mongolia has been working quite good on vaccination. In Ulaanbaatar city, the capital city, we have vaccinated 95% of the um, targeted population, I mean, um, population above 18. It is quite impressive, the vaccination efforts in Mongolia. So uh, I think you had before the lockdown around 600,000 vaccinated and you more than doubled that within 28 days. So... Uh, how did you manage to do that? The uh, Foreign um, Relations Ministry and the uh, Ministry of Finance, the Prime Ministers, we have contacted the producers, we have contacted the countries, and we uh, yeah, started very early in organizing and having uh, allocating the budget. And uh, I, I think we are quite um, lucky of having good relations with uh, the producer countries. Obviously, there were quite tremendous changes in the last year specifically because um, there is an economic downturn. What were the measures you took to protect those that were suffering most from this economic downturn or the hardships that came through the pandemic? Uh, the government of Mongolia has uh, started very early to take measures to protect income of uh, households. From April 2020, uh, the government of Mongolia started to support families uh, through uh, child support money. It was increased five times. So the children are becoming 100,000 to bricks, which means the income of the families have, have been also increased. You know, Mongolia is very young. Uh, I mean, children up to 18 years are 36% of the population. And uh, the government of Mongolia did really decided to have this strict lockdown in hope of having a strict lockdown for the last time. 
And this was the um, a measure of hope to uh, give every citizen a 300,000 Tugrik support. I also know that for you as a minister, one of the priorities was uh, digitalizing the social security system in, in Mongolia. And uh, friends of mine that live in Mongolia were actually quite impressed how easy it was now to uh, get benefits if that is necessary. Uh, can you walk me a little bit through how you did that and what the difficulties were uh, when you were starting to digitalize your system? Yeah, the digitalization is a priority for the government of Mongolia. Uh, I mean, we are aiming to uh, transit to digital Mongolia by 2024 fully. And um, they were, uh, of course, the first elements already started there in transition to uh, digitalizing. The most difficult part is that the digitalization have to run uh, equally in all agencies in order to, you know, uh, to be all digitalized and receive all the services. It cannot be that only the, our ministry is digitalized. The most uh, uh, difficult thing that all the other uh, agencies requiring um, documents for particular um, service, they have to be digitalized also. As I was working um, uh, as a chairperson of National Statistical Office of Mongolia, I've been chief uh, statistician for a recent four years. Uh, I know uh, what kind of administrative data has each agency, you know, and uh, that connecting dots was very easy for me when I became uh, the Minister of Social Protection and Labor. Uh, so <laughs> in that sense, it was very quick. So I could uh, say, okay, this is the way we can do that. And uh, yeah, the most difficult part is that the other agencies have to understand that. We are having also a platform which is called uh, eMongolia, which is now uh, connecting all the services Uh, which are already digitalized to one uh, unique platform. So um, in recent months, there were 500, almost 520 kind of um, services connected to this e-Mongolia platform. During the lockdowns, the banks were, were closed, for example, and uh, it was difficult for them to receive their payments. So uh, we've been working together with the banks and also with the people Uh, and uh, now all the services that we are giving are digitalized in terms of banking system. So everybody has now bank account and uh, everybody is receiving their payments to, into their bank accounts. So nobody is, um, anymore is required to come to the bank. But there are still people who want to come to the bank, but they are, since the transfer is into their account, so they can um, charge it from the, from the bank whenever they want. The other part is a social security uh, booklet. Previously, it was uh, on, on paper, and we have digitalized that. When uh, every month the um, accountant of any company uh, would come to our agency and then stamp all those uh, records into this booklet of social uh, security. And now it's not required, uh, so it is uh, online. You are not just the Minister of Social Protection, but also the Minister of Labor. And I think Digital Mongolia, one part of that is also to make the workforce more digitalized. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about what the measures are and what the future of work for Mongolians could look like? 
I think it is not only Mongolian way. I mean, um, um, it's a way uh, of the post-new normal uh, world uh, after the COVID that we learning to work on digital. Uh, all the um, sessions of uh, meetings and uh, work conferences are being held now online. And also what we are having now, uh, Squadcast, or there are ma many platforms uh, which um, allow us to work from a distance. Um, and uh, right now uh, in the parliament of Mongolia, there is a, a new labor law right now ready to be discussed, to be adopted. And we are having um, there new regulations for working from distance, working from home, working in hours and working in other um, different areas and so Yeah, that is sometimes a little bit more difficult to check the real working hours. I think in many countries, people worked actually more when they were working from home because you don't really have your day off or your time off as much because you're more available. What do you think could be done to make the life of people easier and to make sure that they have their time off? Even thinking of the children now, how the schooling is done is very um, uh, tiring, you know. Um, for example, I have uh, three children and I can see how tired they are, all, always sitting behind the computer and try to learn. And uh, this is very difficult and everybody is actually uh, wanting to come to back to normal, you know. The people's connectivity is very important. But we have also learned that we can uh, work online and we, it is not important that the, um, yeah, how to say, the evaluation of the work is not uh, uh, in uh, how many hours did you sit uh, behind your desk in your office, but how the outcome is. I think uh, the evaluation uh, of the job itself is uh, changing. You must know that better than anyone else. Um, having a very demanding job and three kids is a heavier burden on women very often. And so in Mongolia, women are on average better educated than their male parts, but very often then still earn less or work less hours. So what can be done to make the life of women, especially mothers, um, easier and to have more equality, not just in the workplace, but also when it comes to supporting families. Yeah, for Mongolian women, um, as you said, we are quite independent and we are quite um, looking to the region, East Asia Pacific region, uh, thinking about the salaries, why women receive uh, less, I mean, uh, looking to the uh, average salary. Women's uh, average salary is uh, smaller than male colleagues. It depends not on uh, the same job done and receiving a different salary. It depends on what kind of profession or what kind of job the women do. And uh, uh, looking at leading positions, uh, directors, managers and so on, that are more male-dominated. The government of Mongolia is, for example, now having 25% um, of the ministers. Uh, we are having four women ministers now, and it's 25% of uh, the cabinet. And uh, can you imagine that the 25% of uh, women in government is the most highest success in the history? 
thing. And also, I know that in your parliament, there are just uh, 13 women, I think, among the 76 parliamentarians. So the cabinet is then at least better than the parliament. So uh, how do you think um, can, uh, can this improve? So uh, I know that you are very adamant about that we need more women in Mongolian politics. It's about being accepted, you know, and uh, the, the half of the population, half of the voters are women. And um, if uh, women would want uh, to uh, have more women in parliament or elsewhere, we can vote for them. And uh, it's uh, always uh, difficult to have to change the social uh, norms and social standards. So I feel more pressure on my shoulders being a woman minister because I know that people uh, look at me like not only on my job, but they also look at to my gender and they would say, okay, if I am good, uh, then people would say, oh, yes, if we are having good a uh, woman minister, she can achieve this and this, you know, this success story. And if I am being less good, they would say, oh, women minister doesn't make any um, difference. So we can have a male strong leader. So, uh, <laughs> so it depends. It's on social norms and standards. In Mongolia, we are having a um, um, paid mother system. I mean, mothers who are uh, caring for their children aged uh, from zero to up to three years old. And if they are staying at home, they are receiving payment from government. So it's uh, 50,000 Tugriks each month. If the mother is not working and caring for the children up to three years, uh, they are receiving a kind of small salary from government. And just recently, uh, last month, we have adopted a new law which allows fathers who are caring for their children up to three years um, also receive the payments if the uh, mother is working. So which means uh, I see it as a, a success story because uh, we are now kind of allowing or accepting that uh, the mother can work and the father can also stay at home. So this is kind of gender equality that we are aiming to receive. The next question that I had was uh, Mongolia's long-term future. So I know that uh, the flagship project um, of your prime minister is the Vision uh, 2050 that places a long focus on reduction of poverty, uh, move towards a more inclusive economic growth, but also the topics that we talked before about uh, gender equality, social development. So when you imagine a Mongolia in 10, 15, maybe 20 years from now, What do you think should be are the most important changes that you hope to see for your country in the long term that will define if Mongolia's vision 2050 is a success story? I hope to see um, the higher income middle class being the most part of population, the society. Um, because right now we are having um, 30%, almost 30% of uh, poverty. So one in three yeah. uh, live below poverty line. And uh, there are uh, a lot of receivers of uh, social payments and social care programs. And only one third is, you know, working force. 
And uh, I hope that uh, the unemployment would uh, decrease and we would have a society of dynamic and uh, working uh, people who would receive salaries which are very high and uh, we can, and the pensioners, uh, when they are getting their pensions in their old ages, they could live uh, uh, fully, uh, enjoy their life in their old years and then they could travel from, um, you know, like the Japanese uh, ones or the Chinese seniors, which is actually now just a dream for Mongolian pensioners. I, I, I hope for that. That might be actually be my last question, because I think as we talked before, especially in rural areas uh, outside the capital, you have more forms of informal economy and... Um, my question is it goes a little bit into the direction what might be promising pathways from informality to formality or what might be other means to strengthen the position of workers. The 30% of the population is nomadic families, I mean herders. And actually looking at 10, 20 years back, the nomadic families were the poorest ones in the society. Uh, and now it doesn't look uh, so anymore. The, the nomadic families are coming uh, into the middle class. And those who have migrated into the capital city, they are looking now as um, the poor people, you know. So uh, the economic development in the rural uh, area is very important in sense of not the herders are actually uh, business people. So you are a entrepreneur. You are not just a herder. You are entrepreneur who can uh, be very much economically active. And uh, I think we are going in that direction, that uh, we are very much working on the not just nomadic way, but also into the agricultural way. So the rural development is really much important. Arian Zaya, thank you so much for this interview. I think I am still excited about the work that you're doing in Mongolia. I think uh, your social protection system, also um, the digitalization efforts and your ideas about the future of work are not just interesting to me, but I hope to all of our listeners. And thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you so much. This was Arian Zaya Ayush, Mongolia's Minister of Labour and Social Protection. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Disrupted Asia, between crisis, rise and resilience. This podcast has been brought to you by FES in Asia. Interview by Kai Dittman. Research by Mekla Jar, directed by Mirko Gunter, and produced by MediaWalk. Make sure to subscribe, tell your friends about it, and don't forget to visit our website, asia.fes.de, for regular updates on freedom, justice, and solidarity in Asia. Thank you for joining us. <laughs>